I don't know which of us is not scared to death by the passage in 1 Timothy 3, which says that if a pastor can't manage his own household well, how can he manage the household of God? You wouldn't try to lead an organization that has no values. So why would you try to lead a family that way? Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? That's Luke 14, 28. And so Jesus does cast a vision for us of how important it is to put some plans down first. And one of those is raising kids. Welcome. You're listening to The Glass House, hosted by Lifeway. We're Ben and Lindley Mandrell, and we have conversations with leaders who have experienced the stress of ministry and have sensed a spotlight on their personal lives. We want to encourage ministry families and provide a glimpse inside their glass house. And before we start this episode, I want to invite you to participate in the conversation. If you have feedback to offer, a general question for Lindley or me, or if there's a topic you'd like for us to tackle in the future, email us at president at lifeway.com. We read every one of those emails. Welcome, everybody, to The Glass House. Great to be with you today. Thanks for tuning in. And Lindley, today we have a toolbox episode. So we want to try to provide a practical resource. Lindley and I are people that love a practical tool that we can grab and use, particularly in family life. And I know when I was a pastor for several years, I got invited to speak at a family camp. And one of the things that that Lindley and I spoke about was family values, how to create those, how to use those, how to frame those, how to design those. And when our kids were off riding the zip lines, we were teaching families how to use family values. And we found this to be one of the most helpful things that we taught. Yeah. But I think the question is, what is a value? Like, what is a family value? And I mean, we like to go to the good old dictionary definition of value, and it is a person's principles or standards of behavior, one's judgment of what is important in life. That's right. A value is something that's important. Mm -hmm. So it says to think of it another way, as the old saying goes, if everything's important, nothing's important. It is the role of the parent to emphasize what's important in the house. And when you and I got married, it was a clash of the North and South. (laughs) My... A lot more clashing than that. (laughs) We talk about two strands of a DNA. Uh, You know, each strand represents a unique combination of personality. Mm -hmm. And in marriage, we come together as one. And now we're supposed to emphasize to a group of children what's important to us, not to me, not to you, but to us. And we have found that if there's not clear communication around values, this is where a lot of the friction happens, not just in families, but in churches. And in organizations where there's not clarity about what's going to be important around here. So, when we, uh, we're looking at ours, we have a set of values that we created for our family that hang in our family room. And just so that those of you who are out there listening know what we're talking about, let us share a couple of our values and what we wrote for them so you can get it. And I would say that this is our second set of values, actually, because we had one when the kids were younger and they sort of graduated from those values and we began to see things as they got older that we kind of want to change to and so um so this is our second set and also the thing is when we were making these there has to be values like ben said that are from both of you and so one of the values of mine that i'm going to read is a value of me specifically and one is one that is almost aspirational we're not really great at it yet but um that's the point of it being on the value is because it is important to us and we're not personally great with it so 
The first one that is me is um, healthy conflict. That's one of our values. I'm just going to read it for you. It says, we believe that we all make mistakes and hurt one another, sometimes accidentally and sometimes on purpose. As a family, we will strive to resolve our differences. Um, and we wrote that intentionally on there about our um, about accidentally and sometimes on purpose because if you have a family, you know that children sometimes they do something on purpose to a sibling. You know, I mean, we have seen children, you know, one takes a toy and the other one hurts them. I mean, that is what they're doing. And so the point is to kind of help them figure out how to work through that in a healthy way. And you and I came from biological families that do conflict completely differently. Mm -hmm. And so we, we resolved early on, let's try our best to figure out what healthy conflict looks like. And so this value gets used a lot in our home when mm -hmm. we sit down and say, okay, let's have some healthy conflict around this. Well, and I think the term, like for us, conflict, people um, misuse the term um, confrontation in a, as a bad term. Kind of like as we discuss all the emotions that we go through, we assume that conflict and confrontation is a bad thing when really it's helping um, eliminate bitterness. Because what happens when you don't deal with something, you become bitter. And so that, that has been kind of the story that we go to with our kids. And then briefly, I'll read the one that for me is not natural that we're working towards is contentment. And um, we just wrote on our thing, we believe that happiness is found when we count our blessings and appreciate the gifts God has placed all around us. And we just put a little quote on there that says, someone else is happy with less than what you have. And Ben and I, uh, me particularly, I, he, I'll let him speak for himself. I just struggle with contentment and not in what other people have, but just um, I, can, I can focus on the negative versus the positive. And so that is one that even with our children, I want them to see as parents who are content. And I could list several on here that represent passions of mine. I don't always live up to these, but one was courage. We wrote, we believe that God loves a brave heart. Still love that statement. Mm -hmm. And there's a quote by Thomas Krauss that says, courage is trying when you know you could lose. And as we thought about raising our kids, we want to release them into the world with courage. Mm -hmm. They're going to go out there and try some things that they might fail at rather than just play it safe. Mm -hmm. We want them to feel that as part of what our family did growing up. And us honestly launching out to start a church in Denver all by, you know, you know a sense of calling was a demonstration of that to our kids. Mm -hmm. I remember having that conversation saying, we want to be courageous, so we're going to step out and do something we've never tried before. So. Mm -hmm. That was just a taste of what family values are and what they could do for your family. Um, but we wanted to just take some time and, and talk a little bit about family values. So the question of challenge that we bring to you today as we get started is, what are your family values? Mm -hmm. I mean, what we say about that is whether they're defined or not, you have them. That's true. And, and people don't always even, they're not cognizant that they have them. So like in some families, sports is the highest value. Mm -hmm. You know, everything revolves around sports. What's the next sport and what's on TV for sports? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We do a lot of sports at our house, but yeah. if you're not careful, that becomes the idol in your house, mm -hmm. the, the highest value and other things don't get emphasized. Right. We heard a pastor say years ago, division is two visions. And in order for you and your spouse to be unified, you have to have the same vision. And so, you know, that is really essentially the, the purpose of this um, episode is to figure out maybe can we help you guys get together on the same page and create a vision for your own family. And since a large amount of our listeners are pastors and wives or church leaders, I don't know which of us is not scared to death by the passage in First Timothy 3, which says that if a pastor can't manage his own household well, how can he manage the household of God? 
you wouldn't ho- you wouldn't try to lead an organization that has no values. So why would you try to lead a family that way? So Jesus gives us this quick uh, scripture, and then we're going to jump right into the toolbox here. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? That's Luke 14, 28. And so Jesus does cast a vision for us of how important it is to put some plans down first before we just launch into life. And one of those is raising kids. So enough introduction on that. Let's Mm -hmm. get down to the nuts and bolts and see, like, let's talk about how we've taught other couples how to create their own family values. It's not nearly as hard as you would think. Nope. So, I mean, the first step is simply... Finding a list of um, just adjectives or character qualities, whatever you want to do, and get a list of a hundred or so things. And then, you know, Ben and I both sat down separately. We set a timer for 10 minutes and we just began circling through things that are important to us individually. This is not a group exercise. This is you sit down by yourself and figure out, you know, what is near and dear to your heart and, and begin that process. And you start to think about, okay, if I can instill something into my kids which of these qualities would be the most important? If I could only pick 10, mm-hmm. I'm going to, and it, it came pretty quickly to me and to you. We ended up both like, like, like 20. Right. Because it's pretty obvious which things are, we're passionate about. And I think too, this is the time where you are um, intensely selfish because you are going to have to come to a point of compromise. So don't sit there and think, well, um, well, Ben is fun. So I want fun because he'll add fun on his own. And so make this one to where like 10 things or a a list of things that you really, really are important to you. So in summary, step one, find a a sheet of character qualities. They're all over the internet. Print two off. Each of you circle the ones that seem most important to you. And one quick note before we move on here is if you have teenagers, we would encourage you to involve them in this. Mm -hmm. Give them a sheet of qualities. Let them at least put one or two values into the hat Mm -hmm. that gets chosen so that there's buy-in. Because Mm -hmm. as we all know, Teenagers must have buy-in. <laughs> People will promote what they participate in. We don't in. all know that until you have a teenager, and then you know that. <laughs> so you want them involved. Uh, step two. Narrow it down to 10. We have actually found our current one has nine, and it's probably too much. It's hard to have, um, it's hard to, for your kids to memorize nine things. And so at this point, we are actually talking about even now reducing ours down to six. But I mean, per family, just decide how many you want to have. And um, work together to narrow it down. When we got to Lifeway, one of the first things we did with Lifeway is w- walk through a process of, of creating new values for the company. And I've just come to realize that anything more than five, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I have to have like a cheat sheet. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to go back and get it down to five, which is going to be really painful. I said six. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to negotiate that one here. <laughs> uh, right here on the air, I'm going to tell you you're wrong about that. I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, well, but what I just said, I mean, step three is negotiating. I mean, it really is. And this is where you have to remember, like, you didn't marry yourself. And you, you there's things in your spouse that you really loved initially. And so when you got married, you thought, well, we're going to have kids. And I really hope my child is blank like their father or mother. And so this is where you have to eliminate your selfishness and think, what were those qualities that he had or she had that drew you to them? And um, and and. I want that in my child. I think no matter how long you've been married, when you sit down to do this process and you see the other person's sheet, the first first question that comes to mind is, have you lost your mind? <laughs> you really, we only get a handful of these. You're going to pick that one? I know I, what you're thinking of here. <laughs> this is on our first one and I know, what he, I know where he's going. What? 
Go ahead. Which one of mine? Cleanliness and order? Yes. Like, seriously? Of all of the things, you want our kids to be clean and orderly? What a crazy idea. <laughs> so when our, our first one had cleanliness and order, and that is actually a value that we have eliminated the second time because it was a goal when our kids were younger to have that in our house. And they, they've pretty much ad- adapted to that and they've adjusted to it. And, um, and so we felt like it wasn't necessary to maintain that on there. And I think that's a great point. You said it before. These are seasonal mm-hmm. and they could change with time. And I, I'm, I'm laughing about this, but when our kids were little, training them how to put their things back in their drawers, mm-hmm. how to clean up a table when they were finished was supremely important. And now we've moved on to some other things. Thankfully, they've learned those skills. But negotiation is step three. And th- this is the hard part and create some of the best conversations you'll have in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Step four is spend some time describing each word that you've chosen. So let's say you've chosen six. Now you want to put a few words underneath that main word to give it a little bit of oomph, a little bit of clarity. Because okay. clarity creates power. So when you sit down to do this, you think, okay, well, I'm not a wordsmith. I don't, you know, I'm not C.S. Lewis. So how am I going to put words with this? And, and don't overthink it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I am not a natural writer, and so sometimes when I have to write a birthday card or something, I'll ask Ben, you know, can you show me a quote on friendship? And he'll say, Google quote on friendship. You know, I mean, and so you really can do that here. If you, you know, if one of your values is adventure, well, Google Bible verses or quotes on adventure and and decide which ones you guys like and what, you know, your family really resonates with. And that's that's the really fun part of this. And so... Ben's pointing at me. Well, He's got an idea. I'm trying to say something here. This is another great place to incorporate what I would call just wisdom of the family, whether it was things your parents or your grandparents said that you want to incorporate. Underneath that word, you could put like, here's a saying mm-hmm. that means a lot to our family uh, and continue to teach that wisdom and impart it to the next generation. So when I was a child, my grandfather gave me a little thing that I kept in my bathroom that said, speak well of people and you need never whisper. So if one of your values is kindness or something on there, like I remember that because he gave me that as a child and it just sat on my bathroom counter. And so, you know, you could put that on there and with mm-hmm. that person's name and it would be just kind of a special memory. For integrity. We, mm-hmm. We've always said success is when the people who know you best respect you the most. Mm-hmm. A statement like that under the word integrity, it gives it some punch. Mm-hmm. So for each value that you choose, just pick a phrase or go online and find something or one of your favorite Bible verses, but give it a little bit of description so that when you look at it, you know what it's saying and other people do too. Step five is decide how you want to display it. And I think this is a really important part of the process. Mm -hmm. You know, design is important because it needs to be aesthetically pleasing to your eye. It's something you want to look at. So explain Lindley like what we did with ours. Well, I mean, I I would just... Piggyback off that, I mean, aesthetics matter. We went to a conference one time and it talked about how, what did he say in regards to the church? The church is, it is a building. The church is a place. And so when you're thinking about church being aesthetically pleasing as you walk in the door, the same is with the design of the poster. Like this this family values thing needs to be designed in a way that you like looking at it. Yeah, so our first one was a picture of the kids at that point. I mean, so we have our values um, and then we have the a picture of us at the bottom of it. We also have a statement at the top of ours that says, you know, it says Mandrell family values. And it says culture is the positive behaviors you celebrate and the negative behaviors you tolerate. Did I say that right? That's right. Say it again. Culture is created by the positive behaviors you celebrate 
and the negative behaviors you tolerate. Mm-hmm. We put that right underneath our family values because we wanted to remember that that's the point of this whole deal. Mm-hmm. And then we just have a family picture at the bottom. So once you display it, you go to Hobby Lobby, you frame it. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Yeah. And then you put it in a place that's central to your family where everybody sees it. So in your family room or in your kitchen. And the next thing is just try to figure out ways to talk about it all the time. I think about Deuteronomy chapter six, when it talks about discipling children, like on your way, Mm -hmm. as you're on your way, when you sit down, when you rise up, uh, discipleship and creating culture happens every day on the way. Well, I mean, really, you're answering one of the questions we get about that. One of our frequently asked questions is, how do you make use of your family values? And so for me at home, um, when the kids were growing up, you know, we all have to pack up and go to a basketball game for one kid. And they say, well, we don't want to go. Well, I would just use that opportunity to say, well, we celebrate everybody in the household. And so we're going to go and honor him and and all intend this. And the next time it's going to be your turn. And we'll honor you and we'll all go to your games. And so we just kind of use that as our, um, as a, as a method of discipline. And when you're disciplining a child, one often is just reinforcing positive things of saying, Hey, let's sit down and talk about this. You know, because kindness is a value, we're not going to talk to each other that way. Mm -hmm. We're going to uphold the value of kindness. So find ways to connect discipline or correction to a value. And you're teaching, you're not just telling them what not to do, you're telling them what they what we do do here because that's who we are as a family. Uh, and that's a lot easier said than done. Well, so will my family values change over time? Yes, they're going to change over time. You may, you may find some that are evergreen that are going to stick around for the long haul, but as we've said before, you may decide every five years to redo these. And as we said, we're probably going to redo ours soon. We've had some though. I mean, adaptability has been on ours for a long time. We think that's really important with kids. I mean, even with our moves from, you know, city to city, in some ways that's really hard. In some ways we've used it as a tool of preparation for our children. I mean, they are going to leave, go to college, move for jobs. And so we we try to use this as a tool when they say, well, we're sad, we have to move. And we we honor that loss, but also say this is also exciting because we, we get to learn how to be adaptable and we get to meet new people in other places. And so that has been one that's longstanding for ours. Absolutely. So I think some you'll you'll keep on the sheet and mm-hmm. you'll reevaluate and others you'll say, okay, it's time to let that one fall off the sheet because mm-hmm. it's already a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, do family values make you feel guilty when you look at them? So if I put this up in my family room, am I going to constantly feel a nagging sense of guilt that I'm not hitting the mark? People ask us that. What's I'd- your answer? <laughs> well, First of all, we're going to go back to episode five, Adam Mason, on what guilt is and isn't. Mm-hmm. Guilt is a legal term. That means you've broke the law. You've done something wrong. So to be precise here, I don't think you can say that you feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I think you should say you feel ashamed because shame is I should have or I should be doing more of. And some of it is godly sorrow. Mm-hmm. When I walk past our family values and I see uh, adaptability on there, and I've done nothing but complain about a new set of circumstances I'm dealing with. I feel convicted mm-hmm. because I'm telling our kids to be something that I'm not. Right. So I think that's a good thing. When you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. And so having these family values, I think, continues to bring me and my own heart back into, okay, this is who we are. I've got I've to tackle this. I've got to man up and do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that yeah. about it. Anything you would add to that? I don't think so. I mean, I think just, you know, we know that this kind of um, episode would be easier if you had a template or something to go by. 
And so we have used this email before, but you can email president at lifeway.com and we would love to send you just a PDF format of what ours looks like to give you an idea because it is hard to visualize what we are talking about over, you know, the air. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to share ours with you. We'd also love to see yours once it's finished. We've mm-hmm. had at Family Camp people email us their mm-hmm. finalized family values with their family picture on it. It's really fun to see how people use the tool. And let me just say this because this is the number one thing that people say is, I think my kids are too old for this. It's too late. And to that, I would say it's never too late to start doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if your kid's a senior in high school and you only got one year left with them, what a great year to say, hey, we're going to this year determine what the values are. And when your child comes home from college, be reminded of that in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Don't ever think it's too late to start forming values. Uh, do it now and you will, I think, be blessed by the clarity that brings. Yep. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Glass House. We would love to include you in the conversation. If something stuck out to you in today's episode, let us hear from you or a topic you'd love to see us tackle in the future or just any question you want to fire at Lindley and me. Email us at president at lifeway.com. The Glass House is hosted by Lifeway, executive produced by Joy Almond, produced and edited by Angie Elkins Media, original music by Robert Elkins, sound engineering by Dale Sandberg, and artwork by Cameron Spooner.